Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is uh, Hi Locke. Um, hi, I saw your presentation in uh, North York. What, when was that? Was, was that February or... January? Yeah, I think it was uh, in the beginning of February. Beginning of February, anyway. Um, so yeah. I've been wanting to get him on the show. We finally got this all organized, and we're here. Um, hi, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, well, um, let me. I started real estate. Well, I got my license in 2010, and then um, started selling real estate back then. Um, it was pretty hot at that point, so I, I got I did a lot of transactions. Started there. But even before that, I really wanted to do investing before actually selling real estate. So I realized that um, being an agent can get my feet wet and understand the process a whole lot more. So as soon as I got my license, um, I probably started investing two years after that or maybe a year after that, uh, condos in Toronto. And then I took a program called Steve Martell. his name was Steve Martel. He's not. He's not doing it anymore. But I took one of his uh, weekend courses and then took his mentorship. Met a lot of people. Started investing in the U.S. and then I started investing in single family first. Then I moved up to multifamily, and then that's pretty much how I started. That's awesome. So yeah. I know that you're doing the the trailer park homes. What's your background now? What do you What do you mostly? Is it all trailer park homes, or are you doing some other stuff as well? No, um, it's. Well, it's mostly multi-residential, so multi-family and mobile home parks. Yep. So that's that, that's my main focus right now. Cool. All right, let's dive into it. Um, his presentation was on uh, the, the comparing multi-family real estate to mobile home park real estate. So um, let's jump in. I even made the mistake of calling it a trailer park just a minute ago. So let's talk about some misconceptions with mobile home parks. Yeah, so especially me in the beginning when I, you know, I never, it was never mobile home park when I first, you know, knew what it was. The first time I I, I knew anything like trailer parks that even existed was like shows on TV, like Trailer Park Boys. Yeah. (laughs) So I had a misconception. It was just like poor people or just people in the country or just. You know stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Until I realize, um, you know, like, uh, well, I joined Bigger Pockets probably in 2014. No, actually before that, probably 2012. Yeah. Because um, I, I bought my first mobile home park in 2014, so obviously, probably like uh, eight months before that. Actually, even eight months before I actually made made a purchase, I actually that's when I started studying it. So I I pretty much jumped in it pretty quick. Yeah. Because uh, when I when I started with multifamily, you know, it's all good. You have multi-tenants, you know, you have a property manager to manage it. But now when I saw mobile home parks, you know, I was like, wow, there's opportunity there because the first thing that I noticed was the higher cap rates, right? Yeah. But then, you know, you always think higher cap rates means more volatility or more, more risk, right? So I delved into it, right? And, uh, you know, I realized, you know, there's, there's differences between uh, multifamily and uh, the main ones is I would say majority of multifamily are city water and sewer. I mean, there's multifamily in the in the rural areas where you probably have um, you know septic and um, and uh, well water as well, right? But not not yeah. as common. 
mobile home parks, right? So that's one thing that's different. And the, sec- the, the second thing, which is most intriguing to me, is the leasehold. Yeah. So you're pretty much leasing the land to the actual tenant, right? They own their own mobile home, right? Yeah. They do all the maintenance. All you have to do is maintain the land. That was the most intriguing thing for me when I first like learned about it, right? So then, then I just got more educated about it, watched some podcasts, read some books, and then I jumped right in. I mean, um, also the just the value add aspect too, which is very similar to multifamily. But um, I think uh, you know the difference in terms of. I guess having a property manager find tenants for you in a multifamily versus you finding like I guess mobile uh, mobile home owners, right? Yep. So that 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 aspect of it as well. Cool. Okay, so yeah. we we've decided that uh, mobile homes is a a viable option for real estate. Where do you go? Where do you where do you start to go find these re- these deals? Where do you find these deals? Um, so the, the main sources is Mobile Home Park Store, uh, Crexy, C-R-E-X-I, Crexy, and um, LoopNet. But LoopNet, the thing about LoopNet, if, if everybody doesn't know about LoopNet, that they're, they're, they're the subsidiary company of uh, CoStar, right? So what happens is um, when you put a listing out there, uh, it's through CoStar first. And then, um, you know, most of the subscribers look at it first. So once, you know, after the two week period where, you know, the subscribers look at it and then it ends up in LoopNet, chances are it's not that great, right? Because it's pretty much looked at by, I would say, dozens of, you know, investors, right? So um, LoopNet wouldn't be the best source, but, you know, there's there's some deals out there for sure. But uh, mobile home parks would probably be up there with Crexy. Yeah. Okay, so you touched on it earlier with the the city water and city sewer. Um, let's yep. talk about utilities a little bit and how it's different for a mobile home park. Yeah, so um, you know, preferably you want city water and sewer, right? Because you don't want have any maintenance whatsoever with it. You just let the city deal with it, and the tenants, you know, deal with it directly with them. But when you go into rural areas, it's not that common out there, right? So you'll have your you know your well where you, you know, where it's, it could be different, right? I mean, it could be ones that's pretty good water where there's not much filtration involved. And there's ones where it's pretty hard water where there can be arsenic and all kinds of stuff, really hard water, right? So you need a lot of filtration systems before it can go into the actual tenants' homes. And, you know, it's EPA regulated as well, right? So you have to, you have to deal with those regulations um, as well, not not with just you know just the water, right? So it's a little bit more uh, involved with it. That's on the water. That's on the drinking water side. Yeah. When we talk about the wastewater side, um, like obviously everybody is really familiar with septic, and that's with you know like um, you know like a couple of homes, right? But when you're dealing with a, a larger mobile home park, chances are it's like wastewater plant, whether yes. it's a lagoon, yeah. stuff like that, right? So yeah, and you need an operator to manage it pretty much full-time okay and then for electrical do you have it like i'm assuming there's it's submeter you probably have one major line that comes in and then you submeter and bill it to the clients yourself or do you uh does it go straight to the, the tenants and you don't even have to worry about it no no that that's that's directly from the um from the city okay. but you definitely need like your own but as a park owner you're responsible for that line up to where it enters the house right 
So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like I prefer to have city water and sewer, but it's not like a deal killer. Um, I mean, you know, if you look at a park and it has like a private sewer, you know, if it's really old and it's not maintained well, then yeah, there's red flags. But at the same time, there's opportunity there too, where you can kind of, um, I guess, uh, like make, you can build back to the tenants too, right? And at the same time, um, you can just use that to build build your capex uh, when the time is to like do major maintenance on it, right? So it's not a total deal killer, but most seasoned agents, I mean, not agents, uh, investors yeah. uh, prefer uh, city water and sewer, right? Yeah. Just to compare everything, I know we've we've already divulged or determine that like the, the tenants you don't have tenants you're they're doing leasing land from you so you don't have yeah. the same um repairs to do there's a lot less repairs i would think um, right what are some of the other comparisons with like say property taxes and other what, what are the other differences between that and regular multifamily okay well the taxes is not too different i mean um uh you're you're pretty much okay so um so if you own the land, you're only paying property tax for the land, right? right. Well, actually, each mobile home has its own tax. It's not that much. It's like, I think, less than 100, 100 a year. So it's not that huge. And uh, whoever's, whoever uh, owns the mobile home is actually responsible for that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so so that there, there's not much of a difference there. But again, the main difference to me is, um, is it's, it's how more passive it is if, you, if you're just leasing the land, right? Whereas a mo like whereas um, multifamily like you you need a you need a property manager. I'm, I'm not saying you don't need a mo property manager for a mobile home park, but you can kind of get away with it if you set it up properly. Like for example, if you have like okay, if you have like 500 units or something, okay, no, you need a property manager for sure. But I'm saying like for example, maybe like a smaller park, like 50 to 70 units, right? You can probably get away if every tenant um owns their own uh home right and you just have to you know uh have one guy to maintain the grounds and just watch out watch out with the place and then you just set up a payment plan with all the tenants and they just pay you directly you don't really need a property manager to full-time like a full-time to watch the place right so right yeah unless you're yeah unless there's it's unless it's like trailer park boys and you need like somebody to, exactly. to keep uh keep the riffraff under control <laughs> right so i like the passive aspect of that right because you can buy a park right i mean obviously if it's value add you got to put your time into it to fill the lots or whatever you need to do right but once you set up uh a plan um of action where you know what like uh all your tenants are set up to pay whatever bank transfer or like, you know, Zelle, PayPal, those kind of um, instruments to pay your rent, right? And yeah. then you're pretty much good to go, right? You don't have to really spend, dedicate that much time to it. I mean, again, it's the same thing with multifamily too, but from my experience, you you, you definitely need a good property manager because I, I'm sure you know the horror stories about property managers, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you got a bet, obviously, but like still, man, there's, you, you can't sleep at night all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, no. Um, what about insurance? Is, is there any differences in insurance? Is there even like, is there some companies that won't even lend on this this class of property? No, not really. There's uh, there, there, you, you always find uh, people to give you insurance out there. Okay. I mean, um, like, for example, I know I know a park owner. I asked him, right? Because I, I saw his financial. I was actually looking to buy his park. Yep. But the numbers work out, and he didn't have insurance on his homes. 
He only had liability insurance. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Cause he told me, you know what? It's not in a floodplain. There's no tornadoes around here and stuff like that. So he doesn't really insure the mobile homes. Right. So yeah. yeah. Well, the I mobile mean, home is somebody else's, right? Unless you have park right, right, homes. Right, yeah. Right. But he, he actually had a balance. I think it was 80 units and he had about 55 and 25, the split, right? Yeah. So still 25 of the homes he owned. So, so, so like a project like that would be, okay, you know what? You transition those um, park owned homes. So it'll be land lease only. So you don't have to worry about the maintenance. You know what I mean? That would be kind of like the, the plan of action for that kind of park, right? Yeah, and you just touched on maintenance. So um, depending on where, what state you're located in, uh, you're going to mm -hmm. have grass or snow. Um, do you just hire a third-party company for that, or is the tenants responsible for their area, or how does how do you work that out? For the grass or for the snow? Oh, Either. Well, Let's do both. Let's do both. Yeah. Okay, so for the grass, they kind of have a visual of what their, I guess, portion is, right? There's no real plot line, you know what I mean? So it's, it's kind of like okay you know what this is my kind of area they're responsible for it but um yeah there's uh, there's actually local laws where if grass exceeds a certain uh length then you know what you'll get like uh first you get a warning and then you'll get a fine right so as a park owner you have to be on top of that too right so if, if they're like for example um like i said even if you don't have a park property manager you have one guy to walk around like once every other day or whatever and to see if they're if, if they're abiding by that right and if they're not you give them a notice, and if they don't do it at a certain time, you have to do it for them. And when you do it for them, you're charging them. So, yeah. So, okay. and so as a park owner, you're you're pretty much uh, responsible for the, I guess, the um, the common areas, right? The common areas, yeah. Okay, and then I guess the other part of maintenance, like stuff that breaks, you just have like a handyman or something that you call to do those sort of things, and yeah, if it gets out of, if it's too big for him, he'll call the appropriate plumber or whatever is needed right right most most of the guys who like especially the ones that own their own mobile homes they don't have to fix them I'm not, I'm not saying all of them but you'll find somebody right like for example that park that had 55 and 20 25 uh park owned and 55 they own their own yeah. i'll find at least one of those guys to uh to to, to help me with maintenance yeah for gotcha. sure and then yeah. um capex compared to a multifamily um is do you need to have more capex i'd assume you need less capex because there's less stuff to break what how do you look at that yeah it it, it comes down to uh, how many um um tenant owned homes for example if you buy something and all the tenants own them there's not much capex the only capex you really need to look at is roads um if like for example um the electricity that's going into the to like the the poles electrical poles to make sure that they're sturdy just just pretty much the the real estate like the um the land right mm -hmm. to make sure it's, it's, it's on par yeah that's that, that's pretty much it but if it's if it's private utilities okay that's a little bit different that then that, that there's that's when the capex is pretty much um kicks in right I think, that's... Um, I, think we, I think we should talk about financing too. Oh, yes, uh, financing. That was, that was, that was I assume that financing is going to be more difficult because I personally have um, a house that was classified as a modular home. Even though it's a 2,000 square foot house with a foundation, mm -hmm. they, it, was, it was built in a warehouse in pieces and transported and put together. There's no way you yeah. could ever move it, <laughs> but it 
still has the the classification of as manufactured home, which right. made my life way more difficult, and I had to go through several lenders to find someone mm-hmm. who would even lend on it. I assume right. you're going to have the same sort of thing doing a whole mobile home park. No, I think uh, <laughs> people who are not familiar, who I, I if people are not, are not familiar with mobile home parks, you need to listen right here. Okay, so part of my presentation, I said that the ho- the homes are not valued in a mobile home park. It's a lot, right? Right. So when you underwrite it, okay, it's it's just like a multifamily. When you underwrite it, okay, uh, this one bedroom it's five fifty, right? Yep. So 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 you look at the lot rent too for a mobile home park, yep. right? So you own the home, the park owned home, and you're charging them seven hundred uh, with the, and you own the home too, and you do all the maintenance and stuff. The underwriters they they they, they won't look at it as seven seven hundred. They look at it as three fifty or whatever the lot rent is, right? That's how they underwrite it. Okay, so yeah, in that basis, it really makes sense to not own any of the houses, right? No. It doesn't help you financially for qualifying no. for loans anyway. No, no. So it, it can be possible where, like, for example, for like a, that example that I told you, right? Um, like the eighty units, right? So they're they're gonna they're gonna underwrite it as eighty lot rents, right? Yep. The, the twenty five that. The, the park owned homes whatever the difference there they, they won't loan you that okay so i guess you know you, I mean? yeah yeah so it, with all these things whenever there's problems it actually can work in your favor too because you can uh, you know it's a negotiating tactic and you're like hey i can't get lending on this so either yeah. you could uh they're not you know, carry... they might, they, there's a possibility where they'll just lend you less than what they what you want right and you just pretty much have to put a larger down payment uh down that, that's all yeah, or you just get a the maybe you could get the uh, previous owner to carry back part of it. There you go, exactly. Yeah, get get creative anyway. <laughs> exactly. So that's the name of real estate, right? Get creative with right. all this stuff. Right, right, and um, yeah, no, you're right. And um, some some properties where it's difficult to finance, the, the seller pretty much has no choice to seller finance it because chances are no one's gonna pay cash for something like that unless there's a huge discount. But chances are, if, if you can't get financing, they, they have to care, they have to care of themselves, right? You, like to me, it's the passive aspect of, of mobile home parks. That's that's the main thing for me because when you really want to build your portfolio, right? You want to be as passive as possible. You don't want to give yourself a job. You don't want to buy a property where you have to spend, I mean, four or five hours a day. I mean, a lot of people are um, are okay with that, but like if you want to build a lot a larger portfolio, you don't you don't want to give yourself. No. A job. No, you don't want that. No, I, I hear, I, I get that all the time when people are like, "I could save all this money by not using property management." I'm like, "Oh, it's just another job." Mind you, you got to manage the property manager, but I think it's a lot less work than managing tenants. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so when you you did your park, did you use yep. financing or did you use a vendor carryback? How do you how are you owning it? It was seller financing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, but I had, I had to put they only they only uh, carried back sixty percent. I had to pay forty percent down. So yeah, it wasn't one of those eighty percent LTV. I don't think anybody would give you that unless unless like it's just a bad property, right? So yeah, I guess the last thing would just be like um, you know uh, the ones that the most common that investors look for is city water and sewer, like uh, public utilities, and just um, majority. Uh, tenant-owned homes, right? Is it better to be in, like, warm states, or does it matter if you're getting these in cold states? It's better if it's warm. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, I mean, Columbus. It doesn't even, like Columbus. It, do, it, it doesn't snow that much in Columbus. Like, I mean, I think 2018 was pretty bad, but outside of that, it wasn't that bad. But you would prefer something that's more down south, right, where you don't have to deal with that snow for sure. Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it might be better for moisture and other things. Too. I think rental. I think rental in general. I think people like. I think tenants in general, if they have a choice to be in a warmer climate, they would, right? I mean, I get if you're if, if you grew up in a colder climate or four seasons or whatnot, you stay there, right? But yeah, I would prefer uh, uh, definitely a warmer climate for sure. So, uh, hi, if people wanted to get a hold of you, pick your brain and talk more about tro- uh, mobile home parks, uh, where yeah. would they do so or how would they do so? Uh, probably I have probably my Facebook page, Unlock Realty. Okay. Uh, yeah, that'd probably be uh, the best place. Cool. All right. I'm, I'm on pockets too, so if you can kind of, uh, uh, I guess, H A I L O C, Google me on uh, bigger pockets, then that's, that, that's, there's another way too. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on the show. All right, Glenn. Thanks, man.